What's going on? It's another episode of Dad Zombies with your host, Ken, and my co-host, Bear with the Beard, bringing you another edition of the wonderful and most fantabulous podcast on your Man, podcast selection. Fantabulous, <laughs> bro. Come on. Bro, I we make can, up words. Bro, we I starting early with this. We starting early with this, bro. And you know what? This is, this is going to be another special podcast. Yes. We have a special guest. From the April Rose Speaking Podcast, we have Miss April Rose. Hey, Yay. everyone. Hey, Miss April Rose. Hi. Full of surprises. <laughs> full of surprises. I'm full of surprises. <laughs> yes. I wish I was hitting the record button before we, like, really started this. Because it, it was a lot that my co-host just got hit in the face with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, before we get into the podcast, make sure y'all go follow us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you can get a podcast from make sure y'all go share and follow us on instagram facebook snapchat twitter any social media platform any social media platform with you screenshot us go to the spotify link and you know share us from there you know kind of easy you can send it to your best friend your your worst enemy your mom your dad it don't matter who they is whether they dead or alive but make sure you drop them stars though put them five stars put a comment um, and show us show, show us some love, man. Um, but make sure you all go over and hit that Instagram like button and follow me on Bear and Beard. And make sure you visit the website at www.bearandbeard.club. Yeah, and make sure you also go follow us on Instagram. That's at that zombies. That's at D-A-D-D-Z-O-M-B-I-E. And make sure y'all go follow me because I need some love on there. And my, my co-host been talking about me. I'm on TikTok now. You had a good one. That was a good TikTok. I'm on TikTok now. Bro, you cold. You good at this shit. But anyway, y'all go follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at KenKen underscore. That's K-Y-N-G-K-E-N underscore. And let's get into our special guest, Miss April Rose. Yes. Hello. Um, You... You you actually we we let, let's let's get your social medias out there before we actually get into you. Okay, well, so they I can go it, follow you. Mm-hmm. I make it pretty easy. I am on Facebook as April Rose Speaking and Instagram. That's where I I am probably 70 percent of the time. Instagram April Rose Speaking, um, LinkedIn uh, because I am I do have a business, so it's April Rose Consulting. And uh, that's pretty much it. And so I also have a website uh, that offer my services at uh, AprilRoseConsulting.com. So that's all my areas. Okay. Yes. And you are very much an interesting lady. You have a, you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's, that's my thing. Like that's, that's what I love. And that was one of the reasons I want you to come on the show and give your wisdoms and give your knowledge to our listeners. Cause anytime I find, any information, I feel like that's not something that uh, we should hold on to. Oh, no. Yeah, like, I, I feel like that's... Share the wealth, man. Share the wealth. Yeah, because that, especially as a, as, a, as a race of people, like, that's that's one thing I, I feel like our, our race does. We kind of hold off the knowledge and take it to the grave. Or you got to pay a million dollars for the knowledge. It's like, okay, come on, man. I'm trying to make it. Just give me the first step. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, a, with the first step. and I'm a professed corporate America dropout. And that is like the way of corporate America information hoarders, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as a culture, I always say with my clients, as we'll get into a little bit later, but 
information is free. Stuff that I I tell you it's free. You can, we're in the we're in the internet age. You can Google that stuff. But when people pay me, they're paying me for my time, right? But once they pay me, it's like they open a door and it's a waterfall that falls on them because they're like, oh my god, you gave me so much value, valuable information. It's free. Just yeah. pay me for my time and I'm gonna show up. Yeah. You know what? And that I've definitely even I've had the epiphany. I haven't figured out what I want to do, but I'm in marketing and media myself. So I was like, why don't I do any type of consulting? Like I don't and literally I just be telling people like all like I change people's lives, their whole business career, just in like a few conversations. I like, bro, I'm cold with this. Like, why you finna <laughs> give me the motivation to start this? Yeah. You wanna be yeah. a client? Let yeah. me tell you, because I'm gonna get you all the way together to get up. Because guess what? You're not a boss unless you make other people bosses yeah. right you're not rich unless you could teach other people how to be rich right yeah, yeah. that's i think i think I, I seen like a it was like a meme i think it was like the difference between a boss and a leader like the boss would kind of like tell people what to do but the leader would show everybody else how to move forward with yeah. them so everybody else could bring more people you know behind yeah. them i Love think it. one of my uh quotes it said um work like a it said work like a soldier so they can't identify the leader or something Ooh. It's something it's something on that lines, but basically saying like in military, um, can you know, can in military, but they'll tell you is that you don't want to salute when you're overseas or whatever, because if the enemy is watching, they know that they're saluting to the leader and the leaders have a bigger bounty on their head. So even in that sense, it's that you work like a soldier, you don't you blend in. Right. No sure. slack. Put in that work. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get into this quick draw questions, let's drop this barren beard ad. Yes, sir. What's up? It's Ken. Is your beard dried out, not growing in certain places, and you have unfilled gaps? We have the perfect product to solve all your problems. Barren Beard. With two to three applications a day, your beard will grow and be flourishing in no time. I promise you, your woman will appreciate it. And if you don't have one, it won't be hard to find one because Barren Beard smells amazing. Barren Beard is full of beard-growing nutrients like hemp oil, grapeseed oil, argan oil, and more. So not only will your beard be soft and shiny, but healthy as well. With only a few applications a day, you will have one of the best beards around. Go get your essential oils today at www.barrenbeard.club and also follow on all social media platforms at Barrenbeard. Hurry up. It's never too late to save your beard. Okay. Quick draw time. Okay. This is going to be a little different. This is not like a, a kill... Fuck Mary when it's not one of those, but it's the three people. Oh, you came up with a decent one this time, man. Wait, hold on, hold on. April, April, April. For your for your No, it's not that one. It's not that one. You gotta go look back. If we We put together a compilation of all the quick draw he asked me, it's either have to do with something erotic, drugs, or erotic. Like it's never nothing with No, I gave you I gave you a would you rather be in the safari, the desert? Okay, that was land. a good one. That was a good one. Okay, good. yes, yes. Okay, one. so I'm gonna say this one is somewhat like that, but we're gonna go back to history. Okay, okay. If you had to get rid of one of these major black figures in history, who would it be? Out of Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, or Marcus Garvey? That you had to erase them. Erase out of, them. Go erase them like everything that they did. Who is this addressed to me? Yes. yes, yes, ma'am. I would probably say, and I could be wrong, but I could, I would, no, I'm not going to be wrong. I'm right. So <laughs> <Yeah>. Marcus Garvey, <laughs> Harriet, love her, of course. Come on now. 
and Frederick Douglass, I would get rid of Frederick Douglass. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you what? Oh yep. my god. My reasoning behind it is because I guess I, I I took a black studies class at Roosevelt University in uh in Chicago and the whole back and forth with him and W.E.B. Du Bois mm. and the you know lift yourself up with the bootstrap type situation after that I wasn't that I, much of a Frederick. Let me ask you this though. You you do consulting though, so you work with entrepreneurs that are literally lifting themselves up by their bootstraps. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I still feel like I sided at the end with with W. E. B. Du Bois on wow. a lot of his philosophies and thought process. Um, and even I but said, his let me ask you this: Du Bois and and out. This is kind of off subject. Um, and the question gets asked a lot of times is that, can you be part of a pro-black movement and still marry outside of your race? Oh my God, don't even, do y'all want my input on this? Come on. Hey. Come with it. This is the boy this situation. Is... Somebody who's very pre- prevalent in the black community, he married outside of his race. But Frederick Douglass did the same thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing like the NBA players do this, the NFL players do this, like, <laughs> the musicians do this, the politicians do this. this I mean, I'm this just saying he did it too. Wow. He well, did it too. So and you could be as raw as you want. <laughs> well, we really haven't even gotten to the gist of who I was, so it kind of like I ain't gonna say spoil it, but oh uh, no, know. let's not spoil it. Let's okay, let's stick with the quick draw. <laughs> and we'll we'll I'll remind you we'll wrap okay, it back. That's back. fine. So that's we'll, why Frederick Ken, Douglass, let's kick him out. Okay, Ken, who you gonna kick out? Uh I think I'm gonna go with Fred too. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I think I'm gonna go with Fred. Oh, oh my gosh. Because well, bro, hold on, time out. You're an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm, you I'm, I'm, your own I'm, business. Listen, listen, so look, so look, we got Harriet Tubman who helped us out of, of actual slavery. So she she kind of found it. Yeah, so that's number one. She 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 in a sacred place by herself. What? You know, she's in I'm a little hole by herself. No, now, Marcus Garvey, he was motivation. Mo- Let me ask you this, though. I'm going to tell you mine, though. Mo- I'm kicking out Marcus Garvey. I can tell. I can tell. Mo- <laughs> while he was motivation, what, what did that do for us? We still here doing the same exact thing. Ain't no back to Africa movement going. We, we, we're not setting up our own nations. We're not setting up our own business. We, we're just getting to that point to where we're starting to increase in business ownership, but we still don't own like our own food. We don't own our own land. Like, so how-, how we, we in the movements of it though. Like, I think this was, is the generation. I think yes, like we're that generation this, of the actual Garvey movement. But we're so not I'm even gonna, thinking about Garvey in our movement. No more. We a Garvey. Oh, Garvey. I think, I mean, I think he was ahead of his time. I think his yes, thought was process ahead. was ahead of his time. And it doesn't, it, it, it takes more than one person. Come on now. Like, I hate when people say to black people, who's your leader? Like, who's your leader? If you're white, who's your leader? Trump? They say like, the president. So I don't, I don't like, <laughs> you know the the pressure of one person changing this whole it takes a it takes a, a community to do that yeah like it takes so, a village to raise let me a ask child. You this if y'all if okay harriet tubman freed the slaves y'all free frederick Douglass, uh bootstrap start your own businesses and everything y'all right. both entrepreneurs 
Marcus Garvey said, go back to Africa, and y'all both here in America. Look, I'm into, let's go Dem, back. He told, that, he told that to my ancestors. They didn't do it, so I'm trying to get it. <laughs> and, and I want to go back to segregation. So there. I don't, I don't care about Africa. I would, let's segregate. And that is very, when I say that in a group, that stops people. But I really feel our power was taken away when yeah. segregate, the desegregation happened. Because we moved into the white schools, and the white schools didn't. They left. They still segregated. They still segregated. They got private schools now. (laughs) Right? And we're learning white history instead of black history. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like painted over with our history. I'm going to just tell y'all this. That was both... you that was know. a quick drop, bro. That, right, that was a quick drop. I'm None of these you, are being removed. These I'm are just, hypotheticals. I'm going to just say, y'all both, you know, Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass both speak to what you all have been doing. <laughs> However, Marcus Garvey, we all still here on Morocco or uh, America, whatever you want to call hey, it. Bro, you know, I, I was born because my mama was still here, so I, I was born here. I ain't had no choice. This is, this you is my You had a choice. Bro. You could have left. You I can't been. even, I can't trace my roots right now because bro, it's been so distorted. I did my DNA. I don't believe it though, but it's I kind of believe it. It's I know. I, I, I said I want to. I do can it, tell uh, you from the scientific side, it's not real. They they don't have the 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 know how, the capability to test that many um, genealogical pools. It changes. I always get updates. It is. Emails like, hey, you're the oh, I thought I was. Oh, it updates. Yeah, it updates as more people throw their DNA into the system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't. Know. I thought they like kind of tell you like. 20% over here, 35% over here. They try to match it as close as possible. Right. Okay. The accuracy is, I mean, it's in our day and age, this is about as close as we're going to get. Um, however, um, yeah, it's really, for us, it's going to be hard to trace history. I ain't going to lie. Because even the records and stuff, like they, they done burned down our libraries and everything. Yeah. yeah so. But anyway, let's get into this, uh, the topic uh, for Miss April Rose. So I, I brought you on here because you you kind of inspired me, and I know that you can definitely inspire a whole lot of more people. It's, I need to take grammar. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> uh, a, a whole bunch of more people, mm-hmm. like I said, um, especially women, because you you actually I don't know what started your your journey for your podcast, but I know if I heard it and it helped me, you know, in my own journeys, I know it could help others. So. And your what what actually like put you like gave that kick to actually start your podcast because your podcast is so transparent. It's like like I was telling you earlier, like you hear raindrops in the background because <laughs> you just relieving stuff. Yes, yeah. That morning it was just rough, and I just had a lot on my mind, and it just all magically fell together. But um, yeah, the reason I started my podcast because my mama got tired of listening to me. <laughs> really i swear to god like she's like all right all right i know my mom loved me but you know it's sometimes you have to package things up because you have so much information you don't want to overwhelm one person right so Mm -hmm. i just you know picked up the anchor app and saw that it was free and it was on from there and now i'm 40 plus episodes in built a business have a following um, and I love it. So yeah, I, I started it because basically I was going through a, a, a traumatic time. Actually, I was over the traumatic time and I was rebuilding myself. And, um, you know, I've, I've been to therapy a couple times, but it, it really was therapy for me to just talk out loud about what I was going through. And not only that, knowing that so many other women 
was going through domestic violence or still is going through domestic violence. I wanted my story out there to prove that, hey, look, I got through it. And not only did I get through it, like I'm better for getting through it, right? So that's why I started my podcast and I started, people were like inboxing me like, oh my God, I started crying. And I didn't want it to be, you know, that deep for people to where they're crying. I don't want it to have like- Sad circle. Right, I don't want that. So I had to get some some up-tempo podcasts, some happy podcasts mixed in, but it, that, that particular one I think you listened to got so much feedback about, oh my God, I felt the exact same way or I'm going through this or I can't believe you, you're talking about this type of stuff. So did you ever like go through therapy or was the podcast in your therapy? Yeah, I went through therapy. Um, yeah, I went through therapy and uh, the one that I went to on a consistent basis, it helped me realize a lot of things about myself. And, and Michelle Obama, we are competitor right now, right? She even admitted Wednesday on her second podcast that dropped that she's in a low grade depression right now due to the state of the world. And I highly recommend every Black person that's listening to this podcast, you know, going through life right now with, you know, post-George Floyd uh, pandemic, I highly recommend every Black person to go to therapy. Like, we need to normalize this because what happened to me in that ther- those therapy sessions, I really understood where my thoughts were coming from, right? The being of who I am today, it was like, oh, you know, this is why I feel this way or this is why I react to this. So you really get to learn about yourself. And I'm a person that really likes, you know, they say white people do this all the time, but diet over-diagnosing. Like they say, they always try to diagnose something. Why can't you just be? But I think once you recognize, you know, happy, sad, depressed, which depressed means you're just not functioning at your normal level, right? Whatever made you happy on a consistent basis, you're not functioning you're just at a at a, a lower level. You're realizing, hmm, something's off. So I like to put words to what I'm feeling because then you're you're able to recognize, you know what? I'm off today. I need to just chill. I need to just do some self-care this today. So that's what I learned in therapy. So I highly recommend every black person, anybody, to be to to normalize therapy. But when I was in my journey down here in New Orleans, we haven't gotten into that. Hey. Right? So I actually went to a shelter. Like I had no money. I made sure my kids were safe up north, but I was like, I got to get out of here now. Like I had a whole plan in my head and I executed it. And when I got down here, it was a, a therapist there. And so in the, in the shelter, they were like, hey, there's a, a, a painting therapist, an art therapist, like downstairs, if you guys want to go, we had a meeting and everybody was like, uh, uh, you know, and I'm looking like, shh. I think I need it because <laughs> I I almost went back to yeah. my ex-husband and I was a thousand miles away from him and wow. I still was fighting the urge to go back and guess what I didn't even hear from him that's how messed up he didn't he 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 knew I was doing up to something but he was like whatever you know he was like at that point and so I'm like I walk into the session and the lady is sitting there as a white lady and I was like uh, uh you know, so she's like, come on, come on in, sit down. And she has like paint. It was like the watercolors like you did at five years old. I was like, oh my God. So she said, come on and sit down. So I sat down and I started to paint and she said, just go ahead and start painting and talk. And I'm like, all right. And I couldn't really think about this. So I just started to talk and I was like, you know, I'm really having a hard time because I'm really thinking about 
going back to my husband and I'm wondering, is he thinking about me? Like I haven't heard from him. Like I'm thinking about him, but is he thinking about me? And she said, April, and I don't know this lady's name. If I walked past her today, I would not know her. But the one thing she said out of all of my therapy sessions has propelled me forward to who you see today. And she said, April, if you go back to that man, you're going to be unsuccessful in life. If you don't go back to that man, you will be successful. That's all she said. Now, intuitively, we kind of know that. But for some reason, it was like, oh, my God, I do want to be successful. And if I, it, it, I equate going back to him to being unsuccessful. And that's all like that one session, that one therapy session. And sometimes that's what it will take for somebody a breakthrough. They've been grappling with something for so long. I don't even know that lady. But for her to say that to me, even maybe if my mom said that to me, I lived with my mom. I saw that I picked up on bad habits because of my mother. She's a good person. I love her, right? But if she would have said that, it probably wouldn't resonate with this woman just telling me that. And that's how I got here today. Yeah, yeah that's what I was just going to ask you. Do you just, think if somebody that was close to you that told you that same stuff, would you had listened to it? Because sometimes right? we don't listen to our friends. You're like, man, you already <laughs> don't like them. Oh, yeah, Ken don't, don't like listen them. to me all the time. <laughs> We got to bump our heads to learn our lessons, right? Yes. Bro, exactly. You know what? What you said uh, kind of kicked me in the soul just now. Um, not for not that I have, you know, a husband or anything, but me, I have my own demons that I feel as they hold me back from my success. And that like when I'm when I'm here and I'm like, bro, like everybody has their own that one mountain that if you get over there's like there's nothing but milk and honey on the other side mm. but to get over that mountain is the hardest part because the closer you get to the top the harder it is the more the oxygen is constricted the colder it gets the harsher the conditions the steeper you can't you can't walk you can't see but you're just hoping that some at some point you get to that summit but when you do it's, it's beautiful it's so beautiful on this side i have to tell you now i still grapple with things because Y'all know, I already revealed my age. You know, I have four kids. I'm a single mom. So I have things stacked against me if I do in the future want to have a successful relationship. It's still work that I need to do. But let me tell you, I feel sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. I don't care how old I am. Long as God wakes me up and my eyes open, I know I can be the best version of myself better than what I was yesterday. And look, y'all can't see right now. But what I tell you, I thought I went when Miss April got on the call. I said, I was like, oh, okay, she all age. Like I was like, and now she told, she's like, oh, she's been married. She has four kids. I was like, wait, 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 wait. what? Black really don't crack. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost. Oh I, I'll be forty next year, so I'm trying to get some workout in to get this. But you've body. been having a lot of self care though, too. Yeah, you, you've I, been having a lot. I try to eliminate stress when I start seeing stress pop up, like. It, it, when I was going through the highest form of my domestic violence with my husband, I was having a hard time with my daughter too. And uh, to the point where she left because she saw me going through the domestic violence with my husband, which wasn't her father. Um, so she stayed, she left and went with her dad, but we started to physically fight me and my oldest. And uh, mm. when she left, my mom was like, Oh, you're going to pick a man over your daughter. And I'm like, number one, she did put her hands on me. And number two, I have other kids, right? Like what she did is kind of like, oh, well, if my big sister did that, I'm going to treat my mom the same way. 
And let me tell you, our, me and my daughter's relationship is so much better now. Um, she just graduated high school with her dad up north and she's moving down here in a couple months. But, you know, our relationship is so close now. She's like, mom, I apologize so much for leaving you. You know, she kind of regrets it herself, but I, I forgive her because she was a kid and it kind of got her out of that toxic situation to where she could breathe a little bit. And she owns her own business now and she does makeup and lashes and everything. So, um, yeah, like I, oh, and the reason I said that story is because a lot of women, um, like my grandmother and my mother were like, they just didn't understand why I let my daughter walk out. But I, it was like, I was removing stress. I knew I was going to have to deal with my husband at some point, mm -hmm. but I'm just not a person. I noticed my body cannot handle intense stress because what we're going to end up doing, we're going to have a nervous breakdown. We're going to end up, you know, you know, drugging ourselves to death, drinking ourselves to death. I know this, my dad's an alcoholic, right? So I know all of these things. Um, and I was, you know, in Indiana, we just lifted the whole, you can buy alcohol on Sunday, like a year or two ago. Um, what? Yeah, that's it. And so when Sunday would hit and I was Might going to through a this- second home somewhere. Right. And when, <laughs> look, you see where I moved to, right? But on top of that though, but I noticed that- hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what goes on in New hey. Come on. But what I was going to say is I just noticed, I was like, if I didn't have alcohol in my house on a Sunday, I noticed I was kind of like, oh, like anxious because of the situation I was in. I had a lot of stress on me, right? So I knew I was going to have to deal with my husband eventually and with my daughter leaving. It was just like, get her out of the toxic situation. You know, she's not being a good example to my kids. I tried to talk to her and it wasn't working. But, you know, at the end of the day, everything's all good. I got out of that. I got out of it alive let's say alive because yes. during my, my transition down here literally uh one of my best friends i went to school with had a six-year-old son she would pass her clothes down her son's clothes to my son like you know good clothes and i was like oh well thank you you know we kind of stayed in contact but her son had a heart condition when he was born and my mom called me as i was transitioning to new orleans she said you know so-and-so's son passed away and i said really mm -hmm. you know i'm thinking about his heart well, she was going through domestic violence and the guy hit her son and he fell on trying to, he was trying to protect his mom and he fell on a glass table and slit his throat. Dang. So that was confirmation for me. Like God was moving me out of my situation safely. You know what I'm saying? And so many women go through this. I don't know how much men talk about it, you know, amongst yourselves, black men. But as I reveal my story, like there's so many women from all income brackets like in that shelter i was in there was executives wives in there mm -hmm. it's it doesn't matter the race it doesn't matter how much money you have it's so prevalent and it's a culture of abuse that's accepted and i picked up on some of that from my past and i thought and i'm still dealing with that today as far as like self-love and boundaries and learning all of that stuff about me it's a it's a bad culture and that's what and, and let me tell you something that's why i left because not only my daughters not to sit in that situation right but my boys were like three and five mm -hmm. and i knew if i stayed in that situation that i was going to basically give birth to another generation of abusers yeah yeah, that's exactly what I was about to chime in on was that. So this really hits home for me because even growing up, my mother is a psych, uh, she's, she's a psychologist. My father is also a chemical counselor. So they're both, you know, they deal with mental wellness and everything. 
But growing up, my mother actually worked at um, a battered woman's home in New Orleans. Um, and so I literally went like, you know, being with her at work, I used to be over there um, and I would play with the kids and stuff. And like the kids of like the, um, you know, the women that was there um, and they was there for different reasons. But me just as a kid and just looking at them, um, like you can kind of tell just like, like how, I, I, like how, like, I don't know, like they're, it's almost like they're, they're raised by an environment that's not theirs. Like you can tell that something is missing. Um, and then like they, they, they're more, you know, kind of more prone to crime. I don't know how to, like the best way to sum it up, but it's like that damages children more ways than one. Like it puts you on a path of violence. It puts you on a path of um, narcissism, like all these different things. Um, that can come from seeing this um, as a child. And like, even me as a child, like I was able to peep that. I was like, yo, like y'all, y'all, wow. <laughs> y'all, wow. <laughs> yeah, they're, they, they're, they're at risk youth. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. They're at risk youth. Yeah, so yeah. like at, at the beginning, cause we, we, we want, especially our women listeners to know, cause my, my co-host had, had said something, I think maybe a, a few episodes ago or on another podcast, where he was like, men, women can point out like a, a rapist. Like they, they know people who, who, who have raped them. And a man can't really point out, what, how did you say it? Oh, oh yeah, I said every, every woman knows somebody who has gone through some type of um, rape, but every man doesn't know anybody. So that's basically saying like the men amongst our own circles, Don't even- that's what I'm saying. It, go, it, it happens. Could be our friends. It could be our <laughs> friends and we don't know it. Yeah. Like it happens. Like every woman can point to somebody and be like, okay, this, this situation going on. But even as men, we, we live among it. Like we live among it and don't, and you don't know because they, they it's, it's like a, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't even identify whether to even take my head there to figure out why people do certain things like that. But every guy doesn't know somebody like we don't like Ken. I, I don't Ken wouldn't know any rapists. I don't know any rapists, but yet it still goes on. So that means somebody's doing it. And so and I'm not saying it as rapists towards this, but as far as domestic dispute, like you in a domestic. uh Yeah, but that, that was the conversation from the so, past podcast so, is that so that's like another it goes thing. On. It's, like, it's like as men, we 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 can't like judge our friends and say, OK, Bro, you need to stop doing this because we don't know. Because there's a lot of stuff that we as men don't share with each other. And especially for the women out there who know these people who are very violent towards other women, it's like, what kind of, what, what, what signs do the women see in a man that, that even transpires to that point? Because at some point it started off like as a sweet dude. Because like my wife, she'll tell me like, I'm not, uh, affectionate or something like that but i'm me like that's always been me because i don't feel like i have to put on no uh facade because it's like in my prior days i wasn't as faithful as i am today so i see a lot of my friends who do step out on their women um they also compensate with gifts and over uh oh oh going over the top like basically just trying to push everything they did under the rug Mm. So what would you say like is is a what's the signs of toxicity toxicity <laughs> yes, from from the beginning 
Um, I always keep my pen and paper down. So uh, let me write down a thought before I go into that. But because it's kind of like two part. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, and I would even ask it like, why are you getting your thoughts together? Like in terms of signs, are they like developed throughout, like throughout being with someone or are they always there? Are they like, like, you know, kind of ignored because you love the person? Um, like what, what is, you know. Yeah, okay. So I, if, and, and if you guys want some details to like help your listeners or even your listeners today, I have a podcast with the author who I've read his book to get, when I said, okay, I'm getting out of this situation. Like I've literally read a book, shut it and said, I'm out of here. And <laughs> I reached out to this author and did not expect him to reach back out to me. And he did like, this man does not even have a smartphone, a a cell phone. Like he uses a phone in his office. Like he does not reach back out to people, but for some reason he picked up the phone and got on my podcast. So what I don't, can't remember the episode, but the, the, the podcast is, is I have a three part series, freedom of abuse. So I go into detail about my journey how I got to New Orleans. Then I talk about after I got here, me building my life. And the third part is him, um, the author. And he goes through these details and I'm gonna get into that. But first, to touch on the reason why men don't know or can't recognize a rapist or a guy who's domestic, who's a domestically violent person, um, you have to think of the structure and how women talk compared to men. Mm-hmm. Women are very, uh, in our communication style, we like to talk in groups or we like to connect or we like to, from an emotional standpoint, and men is very, I'm not going to say egotistical, but men are very me-centered, you know, what I got, you know, my house, my job, my car, right? So when you guys come together and talk, you're talking about, yo, my career is booming or, you know, I, I found this, this fresh jacket, you know, for $60 or whatever, Right. So the style of communication you guys have does not invite that next level. And that's why I'm glad you guys actually reached out to me uh, because I tend to attract men who are on your level as far as like communicating because I'm trying to up the level and up the ante in our community as far as the communication style, right? You don't really see everyday black men talking about the things that we're talking about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Betterment podcast are my my um, podcast brothers. I don't know if you heard of them. Oh no, I listen to them. I listen. Yeah, to them. those are my podcasting brothers, and they're trying to level up the communication with men to open that door of emotion because it doesn't mean just because where you guys are today as far as communication and not identifying who is a rapist. It doesn't mean because that's where you are today. We can't oh, look at where we are with George, post George Floyd. There's movement. Let's keep it moving. That doesn't mean 10, 20 years from now, you guys can't be a different group of men and your style of talk. It still could be men, you know, lead your families and be who you are. But at the same time, you guys are opening up another level of um, uh, communication. Uh, so the, se- the second part, as far as like t- traits and toxic men or abusive men. So for me, I notice when I date or um, <clears throat> when, you know, like my ex-husband or my girl's father, because I, I have four kids. I have two girls, their dad, and then two boys. I got married and then got my husband who was abusive. And I tend to attract powerful men, right? Uh, because I, I, I show a level of confidence. 
Um, I'm businessy, right? Uh, so I attract a certain type of men and not to say that all powerful men are abusive, but they tend to, you know, want to control more, right? And so what I do when I get in a relationship, even though I'm very confident and I know how to build businesses, I am, I grew up religious. I'm a Jehovah's Witness. That's my background. I tend to uh, become submissive a, a little bit. So depending on the type of man that I'm with, either that's going to work or, it's, or it could be an entryway for abuse. So with my husband that was abusive, he did show signs early on that he was abusive, but I ignored it. And my family saw the signs and they were trying to get me out of it, but I was already emotionally attached to him. And I almost was protecting him to a certain point when my mom was like, uh-uh, no, you need to get away from him. Um, because she recognized it but some of the things he would do uh was try to change the way i dress i you know like to wear you know i was younger when i got with him like a shorter skirt or a, a midriff top and he's like like where are you going and i'm like to the store and he's like why are you wearing that right and so i understand we were just dating you know being a girlfriend and a wife or a mother you know, women go through transitions in life, but I'm also about, we talked about the word feminist. I'm also about a woman being who she is and wearing what she wants, no matter how old she is, married or not. I believe in that to the fullest, right? So he wanted to change my, my thinking and my thought process. He wanted to control that. Um, he was very aggressive, like, uh, emotionally like he uh he was an emotional guy so either he loved he wanted to be very touchy-feely and hug you know and then when he was angry it when we first started dating he would like push me out the way or if I tried to go somewhere block me like that stuff started to to happen and I saw that while I was dating and I ended up marrying him even though I saw like these signs or my family saw these signs so I got a, I kind of got caught in a trap so to speak one way I just was ignoring those red flags, right? And then what ended up happening, my mom is so, she's not a helicopter mom, but she was very into me and, you know, being on the right path to where I was rebelling against her. <laughs> I was, re yeah, I was rebelling against her. Like, no, you're not going to step in this relationship. No, your relationship isn't the best, right? So how are you going to tell me about my relationship when your relationship isn't good? So I, I made my bed so to speak. And I had to lay in it. And me and him were together 10 years, married five. And those last two years was torture. It was pure torture. Physically, he physically abused me. He sexually abused me, abused me. He financially abused me. Um, and people are like, well, how did he sexually, you know, abuse you? You're his wife and stuff like that. But it, and it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of opposite of what you probably think it is. But when I, when I'm married, you know, I'm a very loyal person. Even when I date, I'm very, I'm, I'm a loyal person. So when, so, and he, he was a cheater too. So when we were married, he may have had somebody on the outside, but when it came to me sexually, he wouldn't give me sex. We would, he would withhold sex from me. And he knew that I was a loyal person and that was a way to control me. So, um, yeah, so that's what I went through, like in my relationship, but even starting out young, like when the author came on my podcast, I was telling him, I said, hey, I, you know, it was like Easter weekend and I took my kids to the park and I was noticing some teenagers there. 
and I just kind of sat back and watched because I'm a, I'm a big observer. I'm a thinker. I'm an observer. You know, I talk on my podcast a lot, but I'm really a thinker. So as I was sitting back watching, I saw two couples. One went off one way and another went off closer to me. And as I was watching, the boy was kind of being rough with the girl, right? And, you know, as women, we're kind of like, oh my God, stop, you know. Uh, but you could tell she was uncomfortable. And I was like, that is a relationship that if she stays with him will progress to abuse. I could just tell how he was handling her, how uncomfortable she was. And she may have went home and thought about it and thought maybe she was overreacting or her girlfriend said, girl, you know, he crazy or whatever like that. Those are the signs that we get, but we need to listen to ourselves and watch those signs up front that this person is overly aggressive and this can progress to domestic violence. And not to say that that's that he's an abusive person but she needs to speak up and say hey i don't want you touching me in this way right say that up front and see what his reaction is and give him the choice to say you know what no girl ever stood up to me like that maybe i need to think about that or push it to the side that's when you decide if you need to stay with that person or not so those are the things that i have been working on with myself is creating those boundaries moving forward so what would you say like is is one of those things that Cause your family and your friends could always tell you, be like, nah, you need to leave. But what do you think creates that emotional like blockage? Because you 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 like pushing everybody to try to save him. And you see the the, the red flags. You know what I'm saying? You see these things like I, I, I had a friend one time where she had told me about like a dude she was dating. And I was like, I'm not telling you what to do and I'm advising you. And then ultimately ended up being the way that I said and she 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 ultimately got hurt in the situation but it's like what is that person like what kind of emotional uh attachment does that have to that person what do you mean like from a woman perspective why yeah stay with the abuser yes because you know okay so say if you have like a father in your home or something like that you have like influences of men and you have a standard. So it's, it's almost like saying sometimes you do need that person to check you and be like, okay, you budging on your standards. Like, you know what, what, what your value is, but mm-hmm. it's like, what do you see? And what, what, what would have been your, your uh, answer to like, what do you see? What did you see? So, it's really psychological. It's uh, abusive men have a way. Um, and the book is called, why does he do that inside the minds of angry and controlling men? That's the book. And, uh, and I, for, I can't think of the author's name. That's so bad. Cause he's on my podcast, but that's the name of his book. Uh, inside, <laughs> why does he do that inside the minds of angry and controlling men? So what they do is they basically build or tear down, however way you want to look at it, but like all of your outside relationships, right? So he saw that I was protecting him from my mother, right? And so in our conversations, like, yeah, well, she don't need to be around or, you know, your sister, she just, you know, jealous of you or, you know, so they try to eliminate the people that's closest to you, first of all. So with you, with you going to your friend, her, her spouse may have recognized that you was trying to get to her and say, hey, you need to watch this. And he may say something like, oh, you know, he want to fuck. Or, mm. I don't, you know, something like that. He's going to 
he's going to say something to deter her from talking to you anymore, right? And so when y'all get into close proximity, she may back up, you know, because that could cause some trouble at home. So that's one thing. Also, an abuser, um, they, and here's the thing, and this is what I said on my podcast, when, when you're with an abuser, they're not an abuser 24-7. Because you're, you, you lay with this person, they, they know your intimate thoughts, they know your, you know, if you're married to them, your goals and dreams in life, right? So then you're always, and that, that's how I knew I needed to go so far away from my husband, because I'm from Indiana. Um, if I, and I, and I, we lived in Indianapolis, if I would have, uh, went to Fort Wayne where I'm from with my family, he's a truck driver. He's going to easily get in his car, go knock on the door that where I'm at, you know, and say, you know, we need to keep our family together. You know, I love my kids, you know, and I'm sitting here probably struggling with bills and he's a truck driver making, you know, close to six figures. I think of everything. My mom's getting on my nerves in the house. Like I told you so, I told you, you know. So I knew if I went back home around my family, I would have eventually went back. So I had to go a thousand miles away to New Orleans. I know this man don't like water. Like I was really being strategic. I know no one in New Orleans. I know this man don't like the city that's a thousand miles away because that's the psychological, that's why I said I almost went back to him. It's the psychological pull that they have on you. That's what it is. Whew, this is, uh, <laughs> this is heavy on my feminine spirit right now. <laughs> I ain't been hearing from you. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts? So I, it's, I mean, everything hits home for me. Cause I mean, for one, you, you in my city, Two, even, I mean, the better woman's home that you went to, that's, I mean, I've, we've probably been to the same one. Yes. I, I don't give away the location, but anyways, um, there's, and then, then the other part is that I've had family members that have gone through domestic violence and I sat there and I thought, I said, like, and I'm, I'm just examining the dude. I'm like, what are signs? Like, what are signs that I could have told her um, like granted she's gotten out as well, but it's like, were there signs that I could have told her that I didn't see? Like, was I not on my job as that family member to, you know, recognize those signs? I've been around them and I'm just like, I'm just kind of examining it. But then I'm, that, and that's kind of why we asked you the question, like what, what are the signs? Because as some, I think like with them in particularly, they just snapped, but there had to be something before oh, that. And it was small. It was small, but it exploded. Mm. Like something really, like I'm talking about minute, like not even relevant. And it just went from there to zero to a hundred. And I was just like. These men are very charismatic. And what the author said is if these men walked around with mean faces, they wouldn't have girlfriends. Mm. Right. If they're mm. with their fist ball, they wouldn't have wives, right? Yeah. They're very charismatic. They're happy-go-lucky people, but when behind closed doors, like, it was literally a time when my husband turned it off just like that. Like, his family left. He shut the door. He looked at me, rolled his eyes, and went upstairs to the room to go to, go to sleep to get ready for work the next day. That's how fast he turned it off, like, by the time he shut the door. They're very charismatic people, and, and a lot of times people don't believe the women. That's why it's hard for us to even say anything. They don't believe the women because the men are so charismatic. It's like, no way. No, he is not like that, right? That's why you guys don't see it as often because they're very good at turning it on and off. Wow. But then even you saying it like that, I, I do think about like the older I've gotten 
And like me and my co-host, we actually started off as roommates. So we were close friends then, but then we kind of like, you know, life happened. Then we kind of distanced each other, but then we came back to each other. No, you say distance each other like something. It sounds like a relationship. It sounds like a relationship. Distance each other. But anyway, like we lost contact. Just left school and it came back. We didn't have contact with each other like that or whatever. But it does come to your your friend circle. And I think other men like see, okay, like I'm on a positive track and I'm I'm moving forward. Like I take care of my family and he takes care of his family. So us as men, we see that. And then and I don't know if it's because uh if we're in relationships or because I like I'm married. So, and then my single friends, I still, you know, deal with my single friends, but it's like those friends, when they have different relationships, we distance each other from those, but still the ones who take care of what they have to do, I still have a core relationship with. Right. And the men that kind of like, like how you say, that that, that need the help and have the ego problems, they don't really want to deal with us. They say you know, quote unquote, they'll they'll say that, that the squares, they're squares. But I hate to say this, and I'm not trying to down your circle, mm-hmm. but I'm sure somebody is an abuser. Oh, I and and I don't, and I'm not going and I can't say it. I just might not can point it at. Right, but you know that's, that's the thing. That's how hard it is to detect. Yeah, but but then like I said, it's it's one of them things. I I think sometimes us as men, we have a connection to our friends so deep. Like okay, we be like man, we've been friends since we was three, mm-hmm. and and it was like. Nah, he a good person. I'm gonna try to talk to him, this, that, and the other. But when you realize it's not getting through their head, you just should be like, you know what? Go ahead and do your thing. But we still sometimes associate with them people and it kind of make them validated that what you're doing is okay. Right. You're condoning it by being just friend and you're not you're not stopping it and shutting it down. I'm trying to think of an example of I'm trying to think of a friend. (laughs) I'm just trying to think of an example of how it's just basically a no tolerance. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that as a culture, right? And I was thinking even about marriage, like how white people in different cultures, like Indian people, like they really support that unity of marriage. Like, you know, as a culture with black people, I don't know. And, and it's in the world. Divorce rate is high. But look how, 50%. Look how sometimes, you know, if a, if a white person, let's say, go to their mom and they're a Catholic family and say, I'm going through a divorce, they're like, absolutely not. Yeah, we're not going to tolerate that. You guys are going to go to counseling. We're going to support, you know, you guys being together. Um, but as far as, and that's if it's not violent, if it's just something like, I'm just tired of him. They're like, no, that's not going to happen. But it has to be like a no tolerance. Like, yo, bro, you, you hit your wife. Like, nah, I don't even tolerate that. You need to go yeah. get some help. Uh, you know, I don't even want that thought coming into my household. You know, my wife thinking that I support that type of behavior. It has to be a no tolerance thing for this thing to shift. I mean, it's in our music, right? We mm-hmm. we grew up with it. I'm a, I, I was saying that in the mirror. I'm a video girl. Like, yeah, I'm a businesswoman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I'm a mom, but I grew up in that video age. You mm-hmm. know, in the in the late '90s, '99, and, and stuff like that. So. I grew up Don't get me started on the 99 cut. Yeah, because we, we got... That's the Uncle things. Luke. <laughs> it, right. It's in, our, it's in our music. It's in our culture. So it's just so deeply ingrained that it's going to have to be a shock. It's going to have to be a shift. It's going to be a have, have to be a no tolerance. And I'll equate it. Like, I love the period that we're in right now. People are, like, in a bad time. It's pandemic. People losing jobs. People are dying. George Floyd. 
But I love this time because this is the time for opportunity for change. It's a time for change. And that's what we all need to think about as a community. Yeah. And I, we definitely, we live in a matriarch society over here. So. What? Where's that at? <laughs> this is, uh, this, just me, just me and my girl, what we've kind of developed with our son is that she is the powerhouse. So I, in my, in my son's mind, I am subservient to her. Um, because I allowed myself as a male to be submissive to her um, because I, me, when I, my, I guess my, I don't know, I have a deeper, I would say understanding for us in terms of, you know, kind of how women are, not that I was just raised by women, but I've done the research. Like I've, I've put myself in a position and you know, you'll never understand everything, but just from a, a sense of like, even simple gestures, like I even say like a one podcast is that um, like a sales technique. And this is something that I tell to, and that's why I be telling you, I, I should be a consultant. Um, but a dude comes to the door, right? And then um, if I answer the door, like the way they stand makes a difference in how I will engage with you. So yes. if a deliver, if somebody's coming to the door, say they want to sell solar panels, as a man, you can face me forward and I wouldn't feel anything because we are squared off. However, as a, as if a woman answers, if a female answers the door, you should turn your body to let her know that there's nothing, like you're not trying to oversize her. So you let her know that there's an escape route. Like that's, it's just psychologically ingrained because keep in mind, physically men are bigger, men are stronger. Um, so women are from the time they're born and growing up through life, you realize that there's somebody that's, you know, the it's two humans on earth. And just as like, physically speaking, it's two humans on earth. One is stronger, one is bigger. We're just, God made us that to be because yeah. we're hunters. Right. But you grow up knowing that. And then most women, you know, average size woman is five, three, five, four. Uh, guys are six feet, so it's always it's five, even eight, bro. Like, don't try to average. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I just look. I try to those, look. My driver's license bill. I'm five eleven. <laughs> nah, my girl would not let me make it by saying that. But yeah, like you, just in just to not only the society ingrain it, but like even physically speaking, like you understand that there's a bigger human, and at any point, if they wanted to do something, then you. I mean, you, you you just get put in a bad situation. So that's why even I tell salespeople is that when you come to a house, if, it, if the female answers the door, open your body up, like talk diagonal because it makes her feel better about the conversation and she can engage to what you have to say. And she doesn't have to worry about whether you're going to try and run up in the house or anything. Right. I like that. I like that perspective. I like that. Yeah. Because, you know, like the men who... We we gotta keep our men together and that like me and him, we, it's we accountable. Like keep it, yeah, I was just about to say oh, like we gotta keep word. each other accountable. Like Oh, Ken overused that word for the first three <laughs> ten episodes. What you mean? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but the hey, but you gotta live by it. You gotta live by it. Cause the thing is, to move forward as a race, we gotta like do it together. And I think and it might just be because what what I see. And in the black community, we see a lot of like, I'm going to get it on my own and, 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 and forget what they what they doing. When really it comes as a team, like when you think about it, okay, Facebook was created by Mark Zuckerberg, or however you say his name. 
but I'm pretty sure it wasn't just him. He's just the 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 main person in the face. But it, it he he cannot operate that business every day by itself. Uh, when you have organizations like a football team or basketball team, they are owners. But at the same time, you got people, you got GMs, you got presidents, you got vice presidents. So you have people who actually work the operation. And I think like our people, we we kind of like distance from that. And I don't know where it comes from, but we need to fix it. Well, that is a, a totally different topic, but I can touch mm-hmm. on it to give you an idea. But let's look at the Hispanic culture, right? Like they all support each other. They can all stay in a house together, all contribute to the bill, stack their money. And then when, you know, the daughter's ready to marry or whatever, you know, she's able to move out of her house have money possibly saved up like we don't do that as a community and i've had plenty of conversations you know in the past about this topic but i would what i hear is a lot of it has to do with like the government and you know uh, Mm -hmm. welfare uh when the drugs came into you know our culture it has a lot to do just with um just a lot slavery you can go back to slavery you know uh, uh, and how System the men wasn't right the systemic racism of the men not being able to protect their wives you know the slave master had ownership really over their own wives right so a lot of men felt like well what's my worth like what what am i worth to my family let me just go on off by myself over here to the side and so once you know people started to step out and slavery was over with and then all these things was introduced to the black family right once welfare, food stamps, uh, Section 8 all came into the picture, it's like, no, you can't have that man in, in your house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we're like, well, he's cheating anyways. Like, why I'm going to give this up, you know, just in case yeah. he leave me for her and then I don't have no money for me and my kids to eat, right? So it's, it's a history, right, that's built around separating the Black family. And so that's why, you know, the Black Panthers was you know, dismantled. That's why, you know, any type of organization that tries to show movement, like Marcus Garvey tried to do, like a, lo- oh. a lot of stuff is thrown, salt is thrown in the game okay. about black empowerment. Since we're throwing oh. salt, let's go ahead and bring back around the season that I got here. <laughs> uh, so my, the question I asked you earlier was about, can you be pro-black and then oh. still get outside of your race? I love working with y'all because I sure would have forgot about that question. And I oh, no, nah, you brought question. it back. <laughs> Marcus Garvey. Uh. Um, so, yeah. I, and, and I probably wouldn't think about this that much if I was still married. But now that I'm single, I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? You know, we have like the Kanye's of the world and the Jamie Foxes of the world. And I'm not even going to say like Kevin Hart, you know, him showing up to that funeral. I was just like, I don't know. I, and he's, he's, I, the, I guess his wife is black, but she's like mixed with something. You know what I'm saying? So he's probably not even in the group. She's half black, I guess. But hey, you still get labeled. But at the same time, it's just like, how can you, and it's just like that movie too, not to bring funniness to it, but was Don't Be a Menace while drinking juice in the hood mm-hmm. when the dude oh, was so, like super black. And then at, you know, at the end of the movie, he's following this lily white girl down mm-hmm. the street. Yeah, 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 trailer park. Like, mm-hmm. I really, oh, and the big thing is he's been in the news too. What's his name? Nick Cannon. Mm -hmm. Like this dude is talking so much about black, but you still want to leave window open to mess with a white woman. 
me, I'm for, I'm not against interracial relationships. I'm not against that. But how can we listen to you when you go home and lay in the bed and give your resources to a white woman? Yeah. Mm. That, that's like what uh, Dr. Umar Johnson always talked about. He said, how do yeah. you work black, but then you sleep white? That, and that's a, that's a heavy, heavy topic because people, and you know, people don't like to talk about, um, well, you know, you should be able to love who you want. But at the same time, if you understand that the biggest dynamic to the success of our race is that we must procreate within our race. That is the number one job that we have as humans to do is to have children. Well, not necessarily the number one be job. Fruitful. Be fruitful. Yeah, be fruitful and multiply. So a part of that multiplying, how could you multiply if you then sacrifice that, but you then want to build up? Like, I, I don't, and I, and I wonder, like, is it that they don't even have the conversations? Because my background, what I grew up is like, if, if we can't relate on that term, it's like, how do we make it work? Because my experience is going to be different from your experience. When I drive my car and you drive your car, we have two different experiences, but that's because not, it is not even just present day. This is long before, like if this was uh, 400 years ago, like you would, we wouldn't even be able to talk, but mm. at what point does it like, and I, I don't know if it's like a, is it a trophy? Because that's what I feel like a lot of times is that um, when people go into these interracial things, it's like, it, I've never had it before. The society tells me I can't touch mm-hmm. it. I, I think it's I, simply self-hate. Mm. I, I, that, that could be a reason. That, that mm. definitely could be a reason. I, I don't even want to like drag it out. I really simply think if you're a person that continuously dates non-Black women, it's self-hate. I understand you have a preference, but I still feel there's so a you level was, of self-hate. So you would say con- constantly date, not just like just so happen like yeah. you... You deal fall in with love him. with that person, person, yeah, okay. right? Like, oh, I okay. wasn't expecting to fall in love with this white man, but yeah. dang, I love him like yeah. that. Because my my in laws, um, my in laws are interracial, and the crazy part is, my uh, my mother in law, she's black, she's from Youngstown, Ohio. My father in law is white from Compton, California. That's- <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, so but but that that dynamic they work together like yes. you know they they work together like her parents were from the south they moved up to ohio and stuff like that but they genuinely have love for each other they've been together for almost 30 years yeah i mean i love love that's that's number one honestly is love yeah. love love like i understand that but like i turned down dates from white men because i knew they had other black baby mamas and mixed kids like oh, no yeah. i'm not about to be okay. number 10 <laughs> a part of that group right like yeah. i know what you're on like you yeah. just you might be fetishizing and you probably that's like what the i culture. think it is that fetishizing yeah like you the probably swirl. like the culture yeah you probably like the culture but i always said if i date me a white man he gonna be like a brad pitt or he gonna be like a just a for real white man go golf go jog at 5 a.m <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's a, i want the real i don't want you you don't want no, you don't want no white chocolate <laughs> you could still appreciate me as a black woman like if i'm gonna be in a pure interracial relationship you're just gonna just that's april and i'm like yeah. that's jim you know so hey it's, and before we get up out of here i got a question for you what made you out of all places in the united states of america what made you go from fort wayne indiana to New Orleans, Louisiana. 
City. Like you go from you go from calling <laughs> we call soda soda. Y'all call pop pop, right? I mean, well, that's a pop. whole cold drink. Cold drink. <laughs> Let's add a third one in there. They that's call a, it a cold well, that's drink. A cold drink. <laughs> even if it's hot, it's a cold drink. It's I'm either like, a what? cold drink or a big shot. <laughs> but what made you? What? What? what like nah, you said. Okay, hold on. I'm before, come what, before what made you? I'm about to give you the real test. I'm about to see. You you've been there for a little minute, so you you gonna know some spots. Uh, where you go for seafood? And you gotta you got. I'm gonna give you about five seconds, so this is gonna be quick. Okay, so where, where I go. go where you go for seafood? Uh, it's on Haynes Boulevard. I can't remember the name. Right by the levees. <laughs> Ooh, come on now. You got to. I forgot the name. But I like their seafood. Damn, you give me a, a mind blank. Just uh, don't go to Acme. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's where the seafood. tourists go. Right. Don't that's go to Acme. That's where the tourists go. Okay. Um, that's where I would your, be. When you, where you go for snowballs? Snow cones. Uh, boy, uh, I know it's like right next to on Haynes Boulevard, the same place got a snow cone place right next to it. That's not where you go for snowballs, though. No, nope. you go oh. you go to New York for a snowball, bro. You want a snowball it's called, fight? It's called cast yes, that's the place. I like their shrimp. It's like they go right over to the levee and pull that shrimp out. Cast, cast nets. I give you. A, I'm gonna give you a point for the seafood. You lose the point for the snowballs, though. Oh, where's the snowball place? <laughs> Plum Street. No, nope, haven't heard of that. Oh my god, they've been there since like 1901. <laughs> no, nope, it's uptown. Been. But I heard a little dizzies. Uh, they got a new ones popping up all the time. I'm I'm historic. Oh, little dizzy uh, is good. Um, hmm. Where else is good seafood? Uh, uh, you know who really got some good seafood? Rouses. Oh my oh, God, yeah. they crawfish. Yeah. Yep. Like, I was like, you literally going to a grocery yep. store and get the grocery store. It's yeah. a grocery store. The first yeah. time I went, first time I went to New Orleans, we got uh, Rouse's and we ate it in a hotel. And I was like, crawfish from a grocery store, man. Mm-hmm. Smashed it. Smashed it. Best crawfish. I was, I was not. My, my, my co host getting us off a of subject. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I had to just see. Look, she, she, look, you one and one. You one and one. I got to do the tiebreaker. Casinos got good seafood, too. I noticed these casinos around here going. But. Um, I, look, you one and one, so I got to give you one more. Okay. Okay. Where you get breakfast from? What? That's not a. Shit, I don't know. I, uh, after you get your crawfish, where do you go? Get a daiquiri. That's where I go. <laughs> and you, oh, but you go to the lake. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. 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 You good? You good <laughs> money? You went. You went. Okay. Good. Thank you. you might spend a bunch. Of <laughs> you gotta have a daiquiri. Look, look, look. I was like, I'm gonna give you a half a point for the daiquiri, but when you said the lake, you went. There you go. Good. good. <laughs> good. So is that what what got you down there to New Orleans to the five hundred four? Oh, okay. So. It's part of my story too. So uh, two weeks uh, before I left my husband, we were going to go to the Essence Fest together. I went the year before my mom and sister and the following year, my husband and my daughters were going to go. This dude went on a rent and I could tell it was going downhill. We, we actually had a uh, timeshare. One of our buddies gave us a timeshare uh, and everybody's in New Orleans during the Essence Fest. And this dude literally canceled it to ruin my trip. So I had to go to a low budget hotel with my daughters, right? Just during the Essence not, Festival. During the Essence, I paid for his plane ticket. He had the timeshare, and he canceled the timeshare. So lost money on the trip. 
still took my daughters, was the best trip for my daughter. She's literally a business owner today because it really motivated her. And um, yeah, so when I came to New Orleans originally, I was like, oh my gosh, it was like a shock to the system as far as how free the people are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Lily White, conservative Indiana. And then you go to a place like New Orleans, Louisiana, which is like no place on planet earth. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't even feel part of the United States. I felt free. <laughs> I literally felt free. Love the resiliency of the people after um, uh, Katrina, like literally dated a guy and he took me on one of my first dates in the city and to see the love in the New Orleans people eyes when they have saw each other since before Katrina, like that was the feeling I've been probably looking for my whole life in people like that true, pure love and um, understanding what life really means. Mm-hmm. right yeah. that's what i look for in people a connection of understanding what life means and it's no other people that knows that better than people who went through katrina so then i go back to indiana after essence upset you know and i read that book and all else fell i said you know what i'm about to pack my car up i call it black panther because it's a black lincoln pack my car up with my kids clothes interview clothes because i knew i needed a job the papers uh, and like social security birth certificate all important my laptop and literally two weeks later, I was back in New Orleans, um, drove 12 hours through the night, you know, made sure my kids were safe and literally built my life from there. And the shelter literally paid for my rent for the first six months of me mm. being in Louisiana because they knew I needed that protection. And so I, I just built my life from there. Wow. That's the story. That's why I that, chose that, New that, That's inspirational right there because you, you moved a thousand miles away in two weeks. You, you just said... Fucking in I'm a day out. it was a day two, I, in my two. brain it was like okay two weeks i was like i'm out of here but literally when i when i decided i just that day i left mm. didn't look back no. so 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 to wrap this up what, what words would you give the, the young women out there just for in, the, in if they find themselves in a situation like yours uh and and kind of just want to get out I mean, just listen to this podcast, what I said earlier, if you stay with that guy, you're not going to be successful in life. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be successful in life and do it for like, do it for your children. Um, do it for yourself. Mostly do it for yourself. But you know, my kids really was my motivating factor. Like, do I want to raise another, you know, generation of abusers or women that accept abuse? So look in them kids' eyes and, and give them a chance because my kids are thriving down here. I, and, and so when they get in trouble, I'm like, I'm sending you back to Indiana. And they be like, no! I want to go to the snow! No! And that's clan land, too. <laughs> yeah, it's lily white up there. I was so, it was so not me. So not me. It's so weird. It was like, we mentioned it Harriet Tubman, it was like I did a reverse underground railroad. Like It's like, I deserve... I, I should have been bored down here. Yeah. This is my home. I found yeah. my home. Yeah. yeah. You, you you definitely certified when you 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 got some points. <laughs> you are good. You good. Have you have you visited have you visited your neighbor state yet? Texas? I have. Uh not in detail. I have an uncle that lives in Houston. Um, and then one of my friends went on a weekend trip to to, to Dallas. And I did not particularly mm. like Dallas because New Orleans, you get spoiled in New Orleans because of traffic and how small everything is and you can get anywhere in 20 mm-hmm. minutes. When I went to Dallas and saw all them bridges and gold, <laughs> the Vidocs, yeah. and I said, oh no. So traffic kind of keeps me away from Texas. 
a little yeah, bit. We love our Dallas listeners, but. Mm. <laughs> oh, how I miss home. <laughs> you should come back and let's have a daiquiri. Stuck in the on eight. the lake. I got to come on the lake. I got to see all these things that y'all been talking about. Cause I'm I'm pretty, like the, how's the lake been right since uh, COVID? Did they, sh- they probably shut the lakes down, huh? <clears throat> so we're going backwards kind of in what level or stage we're in. We're like at a level two now because they in this French Quarter, people were starting to pick up in the French Quarter and those to-go cups. So they said, no more to-go cups. You have to drink your liquor in the bar and leave. And it's like min- maximum 25 people in the bar. So um, I haven't been to the lake, but I'm assuming it's people there, but it's not, it's not yeah. what it was in the heyday. Because it's open out here. In Texas, it's open. It's open? Everything's open? <laughs> Uh, a certain oh, yeah. uh, percentage of occupancy. Texas looks just like normal. Like, listen, like... Th- let me tell you, the clubs are changing. They're not clubs, no, no, no they more. Restaurants. They're restaurants. No, they're venue halls. They're reception halls. That's how they're being labeled. So if they sell food, they turn into restaurants. Yeah. Mm. You can yeah. door dash the same. Ain't, ain't nothing changing out here. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's dangerous it, out here. It's dumb. Well, y'all stay safe. We yeah, shall. You, you see, we on Zoom. <laughs> right. We going, me and my family. We going to the pool later on, though. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because it's been hot. But anyway, man, we we appreciate our our, our special guest that yeah. came on and, and was able to help us understand the the mind of a woman, and then also help hopefully help our listeners out there to better understand the minds of a woman and you gotta nope. say the mind the mind of a survivor the mind of a warrior yeah, the mind warrior. of an entrepreneur come on now warrior <laughs> the mind of a warrior i think that that <laughs> might be the name of the podcast this is she this is a <laughs> she survived the war man the mind yeah, of i got warrior. out of it but hey before i go i want to make sure to let your no- listeners know as far as my business and what i do in, in helping other entrepreneurs like myself like i have a business called April Rose Consulting, and I pretty much coach business owners, um, entrepreneurs who just need that push, right? Um, I kind of help with mind shifting. So I give you the motivation to go ahead and, and step out in your business. It doesn't matter if you have a cleaning business. It doesn't matter if you want a food truck business or a hairstylist or, you know, bit. I, I helped a STEM tech firm get $1.5 million. Mm. so my specialty is startup so i offer um entrepreneurship courses and coachings um that's all together that's my master class and then i have one-off coaching business coaching and then i also help people create podcasts like we do so Mm. i offer three services if they go to my website aprilroseconsulting.com because what better time than now to start your business people been losing their jobs we might as well we talk about black empowerment we might as well start building our own businesses and as a culture as black people we've always been entrepreneurs our grandparents were were uh barbers and hairstylists it's in our our dna so Mm -hmm. i just give people that extra push and that mind shift to go ahead and start that business sis start that business (laughs) and and let the people know because you have a website and we're also going to put it uh in our description box on 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 the podcast but let them know where they can go follow you and i I think don't you have a, a, a website as well um, yes, yeah, so aprilroseconsulting.com. And like I said earlier, I'm on Instagram a lot, April Rose Speaking, Facebook, April Rose Speaking. And then my podcast is April Rose Speaking Podcast <laughs> on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are available. You can come follow me, guys. Hey. Yeah. 
five star reviews, please. Five I'm like star. y'all, leave those five yeah. star reviews. Look, nothing less. Make sure y'all nothing go check less. out because. And make sure y'all go check out because even the men can 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 get gems from this. Like and like I said, I reached out. I said, look, we gotta get on that. And I, I honestly been watching you for a while. Mm-hmm. But then like I, I kind of gotta get out this bubble. And I told my co-host this because I come from an environment where everybody don't really like mess with each other. So it's like, okay, now I gotta you get know, out my shit. You know how you say you love the people in New Orleans because everything is free, like everybody's so loving. Mm-hmm. Houston, mm. it's like I'm. I'm Houston I'm, is like mm. like my side of town. I'm I'm keen to my side of town, but then I'm starting to you know do my own thing, and it's like a lot of people ain't on the same frequency. So it's like I can't be mad at them for not being on the same frequency. But now I'm elevating myself and got to get on that frequency with other people. That's well, that's why I didn't go to Atlanta because I wasn't into that whole culture of Atlanta. I was like, no, I think I'm gonna go to <laughs> down uh, a 65 South to New Orleans, oh, but yeah. not to Atlanta. I just I I know what type of person I am. I'm a very genuine person, so I'm mm-hmm. not saying people in Atlanta aren't genuine, but it's about the show, right? Yeah. And I'm not about show. I'm about realness, and that's have why you been to DC? Going. No, and I don't think that'd be my spot either. <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. I, I thought I Cockney thought so City. neither. I thought so neither. But this is what I had to keep in mind is that they're surrounded. They're like the political like hub. So they're oh. surrounded by stuff. So their intellect and their conversations that they have. Like I went. I had the opportunity to go to DC recently, and I went to like a one in like like a, a bar. But like every even at the bar, like people are like you know dressed up, and granted it's a little cold, so you see pea coats and everything. But you can just tell in the room, like the vibe was just black excellence. Like Ooh. nobody was on like a vibe of like the frequency wasn't low. I was like, yo, this feel different. Like the air, like like I can the conversations we was having, it was just like elevating. I was like, yeah, I can I can I can rock with this DC stuff. But see, I'm kind of like in the, I'm in the middle because I'm about to hit 40, revealing my age, but I've always been about uh, family and self and, mm. and connecting. And I'm kind of hitting that. I, I'm ready to be fly. I'm sorry. I'm like ready to show out, even though I have at, uh, the genuine. So I'm kind of like in the middle. But 40s, I really feel like I'm going to that next level. The 40s, y'all going to be like, Remember when April Rose was like in her 30s and she came onto our podcast? Well, look at her now. And it's not like I'm trying to show out, but, you know, being in the internet, right, and, and having our own podcast, you attract people based on looks. Let's be real, right? Yeah. They, you catch attention based on looks. So I want to be that person that I can attract a lot of people in a lot of different ways. But like I tell my daughters and my sons, I want you to be just as beautiful on the inside that you are on the outside mm-hmm. that's what i really push at the end of the day but um i wanted to talk to you though about what you said um about uh, yeah reaching out to people what we're doing and us being out on the internet and as a culture you know how people try to put black people in a box as you know being criminals and thugs or mm-hmm. uh you know whatever they view black people as but what we're doing as a podcast or being on social media and levels that playing ground right and you get to see like the nerdy black people or you get to see like the Issa rays of the world and you get mm-hmm. to see a very different dynamic of black yeah. people in general and so what you did by reaching out to me it's the law of attraction what you're putting out is what you're attracting right so you're by you reaching out to me it just kind of proves like you're trying to surround yourself with people who's leveling up in life. 
Yeah. That's just what you're doing. So I want to thank you for reaching out to me. I am so proud to be on this podcast and what yeah, you guys yeah. are doing. Y'all both mm-hmm. know you too. Y'all both <laughs> need to continue what y'all doing because it's 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 a deep thing what y'all doing. And I gotta go back and listen to a few more of y'all podcasts because it seems like Ooh. y'all be going on the dark side too. I need a little dark <laughs> side, right? I'm dating. I need to know some of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, we definitely go on the dark side. <laughs> yeah, we, we do have that after dogs. But now nah, we we do appreciate you uh for coming out. Well, waking up because this is you know still quarantine edition. At least we got the same hours. <laughs> I'm an early bird. I'm happy it's at this time. I have a lot yeah. of energy. Y'all talk to me at nine at night. I probably would have been under the covers podcast. Hey, we've had an almost nine and ten at night podcast Woo! before. So, Woo! so yeah, we figured we're figuring out the formula. Yeah. <laughs> early in the morning. But yeah, before we get about it here, let's pay these bills real quick with the band beard. What's up? It's Ken. Is your beard dried out? Not growing in certain places? And you have unfilled gaps? We have the perfect product to solve all your problems. Barren Beard. With two to three applications a day, your beard will grow and be flourishing in no time. I promise you, your woman will appreciate it. And if you don't have one, it won't be hard to find one. Because Barren Beard smells amazing. Barren Beard is full of beard-growing nutrients like hemp oil, grapeseed oil, argan oil, and more. So not only will your beard be soft and shiny, but healthy as well. With only a few applications a day, you will have one of the best beards around. Go get your essential oils today at www.barrenbeard.club and also follow on all social media platforms at Barrenbeard. Hurry up. It's never too late to save your beard. Okay, and we back. So we had an interesting conversation with Miss April Rose this morning, and we wanted to basically, you know, let the people know out there, uh, it's hope. It's always like the end of the tunnel. And uh, make sure, make sure, make sure, because y'all think we'd be forgetting. Go follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, at DadZombies, that's D-A-D-D-Z-O-M-B-I-E, on all social media platforms. Make sure you also go rate us on Apple Podcasts. Like Miss Rose said, give us some five-star ratings. Five-star, You know, you, you can, I'm going to give y'all a hint. Refresh it. Give us more five stars. Refresh it again and give us more five stars. So don't give away the cheat code. Now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and y'all can also go follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok with my videos at Ken Ken underscore that's K Y N G K E N and my co-host. Go ahead on and follow your boy at Baron Beard. Every platform. And I ain't gonna lie, Ken. I seen your TikTok, bro. That was that was pretty decent. You made me made me step got, my game. I up, got so. three of them out there now. Okay, don't don't push it now. <laughs> Baby steps. Uh, I got 12,000 views, so let's keep moving. Uh, but yeah, make sure y'all go follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, the whole nine at Baron Beard. That's B E A R I N B E A R D. Yes, sir. All right, and from your two favorite hosts, and I guess we out. Bye. Oh, yeah.